to know what came first with you. Was it the mules or the hounds? Because like you're such a, a minority within a minority group here. They say niche down. Boy, I niche down as small as you can get, really. You know, I, I was raised on a quarter horse ranch and uh, I've rode horses you know, since I was a little bitty guy and we competed, you know, we competed in the AQHA and, and all over the place. And, and my dad started taking me into the mountains when I was a little kid, you know, I, first time I went in, I rode be, I rode double behind my, behind my brother-in-law and I was just a little bitty guy, you know, and we, we, we didn't have hounds or anything. We were deer hunting and stuff. And then we packed in and I was always fascinated with, you know, traveling through the mountains that way. And, and then when I got into the hounds, I, uh, I had a rancher friend of mine that he just, he, he told me, he said, you know, for the way you hunt, you need to get a mule and shoot. I might as well, he might as well told me to get an elephant. I didn't know anything about mules. And, and uh, he said, make sure you get a good mule. And so I was real fortunate. I had a friend of mine over in Roswell that. Did, did you get a good meal or did you, did you start off on bad ones first? Before, you know, I don't, maybe I don't know what a good mule is because I've never <laughs> had anything to compare it to. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my, my jet mule, I mean, he was dang sure a good mule, you know, he, and he, he was, you know, of course I had ridden a lot, so it wasn't a big deal. You know, he would throw a fit and buck a little bit when, when he was younger and, it, but it wasn't a big deal. He always went and he was on what we call honest about it. You know, he didn't. He didn't just, you, you could tell if he was going to throw a fit, you know, he didn't just get you in a bad spot a and try to hurt you. But, uh, yeah, but now uh, that black mule I had, now she was a super pack mule and she was a good riding mule as long as she was going with jet somewhere, you know, with jet, the other mule. And, uh, cause I, if I would have had her, just her and rode her first, I'd probably never had another mule because she, Oh, I'd have been, I said, you know, I ain't going to mess with these things. <laughs> Just ruined it. She, she, well, you know, and she was gentle. I put my wife on her, put my grandson on her when, I mean, when he was just a little bitty guy, she was gentle. You could pack a bear, lion, you could pack anything out on her and she was a super pack mule. But when you rode her out by herself, she was, she just always, you know, looking back, you know, towards camp and she just, I tell the story, I, I came out, I'd, I'd been way up on the divide trail up there coming out and it was a long day, you know, and I was coming back towards camp on her. There's a little old trail that went up the side ridge there and, and uh, there'd been a Tom lion been going up there and scratching. So I wanted to go up that trail and go check that, that see if that lion come back and scratched. And, and uh, camp was down, down that way and the trail was back off to, to the side there. And, I turned her and she wouldn't go. I mean, she just absolutely refused to go. And, and I, and I, I kicked her pretty hard and then I broke off a branch and I, I warped her hind in, you know, and, and, and she still wouldn't go no matter what I did. Of course I got eight hound dogs there and they're all standing, you know, sitting around me. They know I'm mad. So they're all just sitting around looking. I looked down, I seen that Tritronics shocker on one of those dogs. I thought, well, now I got an idea. So I went and pulled, I pulled that, that, uh, shocker off that dog and I weaved it underneath the, the britch in there in the back. And, and I didn't get on her to do it. I tried cause she wouldn't even lead up that trail. And I put it on the, the lowest setting and gave her a little pop, you know, and that tail twitched a little bit and I asked her to go and she didn't go. And after that, I cranked it all the way up and I gave her a shock. And I tell you what, we went. Now. <laughs> she woke up, huh? She woke up. Yeah, she, she couldn't stand that electricity at all. Yeah, that's uh, that, 
that, that that's interesting. I, I Tritronics actually had uh, like a horse trainer, and I was talking to the the engineers and and the stimulations for a prey animal versus like a predator animal is very different. Like like oh really? Like, I'm guessing you you figured that out. You know what I mean? To a dog well, it has stimulation differently and and responds way differently than a prey animal does. So um, imagine. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, she, you know, but I, after having the mules and I've had, you know, I've got a couple more now since, well, I still got Jet, the black mule, she, she died, you know, but I, I like them for what I use them for. They're, they're tough, tough animals. I mean, tough. And, uh, and as long as you're most of the time, as long as you're on their back, you know, you're pretty safe. You, you know, they don't, they're not going to hurt their self. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that's what I, I went with a, a, a buddy and I've gone a couple of times. I need to go again this year and he goes on mules and he has 20 dogs and it's, 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 it's in Oregon, but it's a, the country reminds me like that Arizona, that a lot of breaks, a lot of, um, it looks flat when you look at it, you're driving through it. You're like, man, this is flat. And then you get in there and you see these just huge breaks and cliffs and, and it's rough country and some of that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and that's what he always told me. He goes, buddy, just stay on the thing. It won't hurt itself. You can stay. My dog yeah. didn't get the memo. It got, it got underneath the mule. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, most of his dogs will shade under his mules. So his mules don't, don't mind. But I was on this little bit of a slide, you know, just a real narrow trail. And my dog, um, the mule kind of was going to like kick him. Or it wasn't going to hurt him. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like trying to get through and trying to step around the dog. But it scared the dog. And so the dog like balled up in the middle of this little narrow yeah, just, you know, <laughs> and that mule's high step and trying to not hurt the dog. And the dog's freaking out underneath it, you know, thinking the mule's trying to kill it. And, 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 uh, my buddy's just like, just stay on that mule. He will not hurt himself, but, but that dog is definitely, he's trying not to hurt the dog too. You know what I mean? He really wasn't yeah. hurt that dog. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they, for the most part, they'll avoid stepping on them, you know, and that, and then, you know, even my hounds, sometimes if they are not paying attention to what they're doing and the mule gets up on them, the first thing they do is just hunker up and, 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 and freeze. And then, you know, then the mule has to try to avoid stepping on them. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't see it. The dog thinks it's getting <laughs> killed. You know what I mean? They, yeah. My dog did at least my dog was like, Oh my God, this big thing's trying to kill me. <laughs> oh. but we managed, like I said, that mule just, I mean, it was, it was actually awesome. And I can, I can totally see where maybe a horse would be different. I don't have a lot of experience on horse. I don't have a lot of experience on mules either, but yeah, you know, it, it's neat to watch. I, you know, I, 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 there's lots of guys who, who, who lion hunt or ranchers that work up in that rough country and they have good horses, you know, and I, I think one of the best, one of the things is they have horses that were raised in that country. So they know how to get around and everything good in the rocks and the rough. And I just, you know, I just always thought, who wants to torture a good horse when you can just get a mule? I don't feel, I'll, I'll feel sorry for a horse. And I don't, I, one of my rules is I don't typically don't feel too sorry for a mule. So when you're starting <laughs> off, I mean, with these young dogs, you know, I'm assuming you got to replenish the the pack at times. What do you do? Just imprint them super young with the mules to like limit the amount of uh, rodeos? Yeah, they learn. I mean, from a young, you know, of course, my dogs are out there kenneled right next to my mules, you know, my mule pins right there. And, and, you know, I got some pups out there now and I let them loose and let them run around. And, and typically when they're young, they're pretty mm-hmm. scared of the mules, you know, and, and uh, of course, I, none of my mules will, will kick a dog. I don't, I just, I, you know, when I first got Jet, he tried to kick a dog and so did Ag, Big Agnes. And I, you know, and they're, they're smart, you know, as long as it's like, you know, like anything else, you get after them right away. So they know, 
you know, what they're, what's expected mm -hmm. of them then. So all right. I got a question because I do you. So when I go to like this morning, I, I, I took my dogs out and exercised them, you know? And I mean, I go, they can, they notice the, the pants I'm wearing. Like I put on, <laughs> I'll give a, a plug for first light here. I put on my first light pants and I'm just going out to feed the, because I always give dog, you know, some people just feed once a day, but uh, we feed uh, just a little bit, you know, a little, uh, half a cup in the morning or something, you know, just a, a, a taster, I guess. And it's like, they know those dogs are driving me nuts. I'm pouring my coffee and they're just at the door whining and running to the gate. And if I disappear out of their sight, they flip around the house to, to the gate where I, I load them. Do you see that with your mules? What do your mules act like when you, when they know it's going hunting, do they hide or do they, are they ready to you go? Know, what was always amazing about my jet mule is, is he'll meet you at the gate. I mean, he, he really, he's what we call in your pocket. You know, he likes to be around people. And uh, now my big Agnes mule, you, if you look like you're bringing a halter out there, then she goes to the other corner of the pen. She sticks her head in the corner there and she don't want to be caught, but she's not hard to catch. You just go in there and, and catch her. And I've got another mule in there. It's kind of hard to catch, but yeah, most of you know, they kind of avoid the work, you know, you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta make them for the most part. They're not as enthused as your hounds is, is what I'm picking no, up. No, no, no. They, you know, you sit on their back and make those big 15, 20 mile circles. They're, they're, they're not really excited about going, but they, you know, what, what's really funny about them is that after you've been out there for a while and they're, they get used to the dogs and they hear, they, they become attached to the dogs and, and they'll hear the dogs trailing and going away. And they actually will, you know, know that we're going to go to the dogs and they try to help you kind of get to them. It, it's, it's I really always wondered amazing. that because I assumed like, you know, I mean, they can get out of your hearing probably a lot faster, but that mule can just kind of key in on it. Yeah. And then also, you know, like, you know, spotting deer, elk, or, or bear, you know, the man, you ride into a canyon where, you know, bear's been down there working it and using it, you know, boy, they, you can tell right away that there's been something in there or a little, you know, something moves or something. You just watch those mules ears because they perk up and they look right. and it, it's really good to help you, you know, spot game and everything. Yeah. Really good hearing then I imagine better good than yours. Or? Good sensing. Yeah. But that doesn't take a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> So let's, let's back up just a little bit. I, I wrote down a word here. You said scratch, you know, you said, Oh, Tom scratch. So, oh. And, and so one of the, we got a little bit of feedback on some of this stuff where, where we think there's some, some newer guys and they may not know what that means. So I got two questions. One is I want you to describe a scratch. And so I'll let you go with that. And then the second is hunting with, with this, this guy that I hunt with he's kind of showed me that where he looks for scratches and sees like huge trees. And he's like, yep, we're going over there. The dogs learn um, to sight. Like, how do I describe this? But it's like a huge ponderosa tree that just sticks out over a bluff. And you can see these things from a mile away. And I would have never even paid attention to those, but he goes, Hey buddy, watch these dogs as we come across this Ridge. And those dogs would run down to that big, huge, tall tree. And he goes, I've started so many lions off of that spot right there because those cats seem to scratch in certain areas. And the dogs have learned to identify those purely by sight, or maybe it's because they've been there before, but have you seen that? 
Yeah, I think it's because they've been there before, I would think. I mean, they it seems like they always remember where they're starting tracks before. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll and they'll the dogs will just they just you know, they'll recognize the area and just take off and go to where they've started them before, whether it's off, you know, off a of scratch or, you know, the scratch, scrape or pool, you know, everybody says something different, but and then a scratch is just if you if you take both fists and you put them next to each other and pull back about 12 inches, that's a scratch. And you got a little pile and, and then, the, you know, then the Tom urinates on it. And that's kind of his marker. And then always, you know, and I guess, you know, we all know it, but the guys who are listening who don't know, always, you know, it, 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 it determines direction of travel. You know, the little pile in the back means that he's going the opposite direction. And most of the time disclaimer right <laughs> yeah most of the time i put i turned the dogs around one time and uh going the wrong they, way they were going the other way huh there was a kill down in the bottom of a canyon and uh I, I had some young dogs and i went down there and i seen them down there on that kill you know and they you know they were biting and pulling up and i said man there's a you know it's way down there and i said there's a a kill down there that lion has killed a deer down there and I, my nephew was with me and i said let's ride up in that saddle that lion probably bedded down up in there somewhere so yeah you know and then I, I i didn't know you know i was just guessing like always but i got up there and and uh man we got to trailing we were trailing real good and we went around the bend there and there was a scratch but it was going the other direction and i said we're going the wrong way we're going the wrong way on this lion but i think we went back and we couldn't ever start that track out of anywhere else. So I think what that line was doing, he he was walking in and out. He'd been on that kill for a couple for a few days, and he right. would scratch going into the kill, but I he was see. still walking out the other direction. Just and turned uh, did a little half circle and walked out of there. But yeah, I went down there at eight, and then walked back out over the top of that scratch that was pointing the other direction because he was scratching on his way in. I see. And uh, yeah, so, that was. So do you see if you were to look for scratches? What do you look for? Like what, what, you know, like, like I mentioned this guy, he, he, he looks in the country and he goes, you know, we'll be driving through something. He goes, man, I'd sure like to go up to that spot right there. And, and you know, one of the spots was an Indian reservation. So he couldn't, you know, we couldn't go to that spot, but he goes, mm-hmm. I would love to take my dogs right there. And he says that, that I guarantee you there's a scratch right around that, that bluff or that tree. You know, do you, what do you look for? And, and have you noticed? I, you know, yeah. Up on those, you know, or right below some of those ridges, you know, but just right below that, that there'll be a little bluff, you know, where it steps up to the top uh-huh. and right below, you know, especially if there's a big old pine tree or something there, they'll, they'll scratch in there. And then uh, where canyons come together, sometimes I found some places like that where the canyons come together and, and those toms will scratch in there or then up on a ridge or, you know, one time I was riding, I came, I made a big circle. I had a guy take me off uh, up and, and drop me off about, oh, about 14 miles from my camp there. And I was coming back and I counted like on this, uh, just a, just a trail, you know, just a divide trail that, that that's way up on top of the, the ridges or on the mountains up there. And uh, shoot, there was probably 10, 12 scrapes or scratches along that, that trail. So, you know, those lines will, for the most part, they'll travel the path of least resistance, you know, and they'll get on those trails and, you know, that Tom's going down through there and he's probably, you know, leaving his calling card, telling everybody that he's out there, you know, and, and scratching up and down it, but big pine trees, the duff underneath them and stuff. That's typically where they scratch. I, the one thing I've had a hard time in this desert is finding, finding scratches 
I, I really have. I, 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 I don't know. I can't find any features down here that, and I think it's because we just don't have, we don't have many, many lions down here. You know, it's, it's pretty tough country to make really? a living for a pretty lion. low yeah. population down there or just vast country, low population. I mean, there's not enough deer right in here to, to, to hold them. They pass through here a lot, you know, and that's, that's what we kind of do, you know, and we have, there's a couple resident females that, that, they get down on the river and, and they can make a fairly good living on the river. You know, there's some deer and javelina and of course they eat coons. They, you know, they eat whatever they can, whatever they catch. But so, um, so let's get into the dogs a little bit. I mean, I, I think we had <laughs> really good talks. Do, do your dogs find the scratches for the most part or do you find a lot them of or? times? A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch them. They try to ride to those spots, you know, where, you know, that, like you said, your buddy said he'd like to ride up or go get up there that, you know, there'd mm-hmm. probably be a scratch there, but you, you kind of learn to recognize those places and you ride to them, you know, big saddles, you know, big, big saddles that can kind of connect the country. It looks like travel routes, you know, and, and try to get in there and, and, uh, you know, and some of those big drainages and, uh, you know, and some things I, you know, I rode a lot of places where I thought that the line should be traveling and never hit a track either. The one thing that, that I've always heard and it, it, you know, even if you, you know, those toms travel, they're real habitual about where they go and how they travel. And once you hit a track in there, even if you, you, you know, catch that Tom and you kill him, there'll be another Tom in there in a couple of years and he'll probably be traveling the same routes. It's just a thorough way. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a, a lion highway, you know, and they, they all travel that. So describe to me, if if I never seen this, you know, as I, I you know, most of the time I had a pickup. So describe to me what you look like coming over the ridge. So if if what are your dogs doing? What you know what I mean? Is Here there comes background this background music. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like is is there some kind of theme playing when you come over and crest the ridge and somebody's just, like, What in the hell is this? What does that look like? What what are the dogs just, doing? Just on just on my videos, there's a theme song. <laughs> right. I don't, you know, I don't know what we look like. We're, you know, I don't like my, I don't, I don't let my dogs just run rampant. You know, they got to stay pretty tight to me and I, I keep them pretty tight. And, but I let them, you know, of course the Garmin, you know, it, when you got that Garmin, it kind of spoils you. You don't, you can let them get out there a little further and you don't really worry about it as much, but I don't know that we just come me and my mule, just usually me spanking that mule. If we're going uphill <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm swatting her on the butt trying to get up to the top and the dogs are all around me and they're, you know, I got some that, 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 that hunt like bird dogs, you know, they're out there smelling around everything. And then I got some that that'll just fall in behind you. They're not as, they're not as big on, on going out and actually covering the country. And you can, you know, once those dogs get tired too, you can kind of tell when you're in an area where there's no game. Cause they're not, they're not very interested in anything, you know, but you get in there where there's some deer and elk or whatever. And those, they might not be trailing and trashing on them, but they're, they're, they're interested. You know, you can tell there's a lot of game in there. Yeah. They start scouting out a little further and, and yeah, they're, you know, they're kind of working the ground and, and, and just hunting, you know? Yeah. And that's, what's interesting to me. Um, you know, to, to somebody who doesn't have the seat time to see that, you know what I mean? Like you walk through an area and, and to just read the dogs, you know, sometimes, sometimes we forget how much we're looking at the dog. And I try to explain that we're reading that dog and that dog's telling us a lot more 
than just barking on a on a trail. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so much more depth to it to watch a dog and be like, yeah, something was here. You know what I mean? They yeah. they can sense it. They may not have a track right there, but you can see those dogs. And this happens, you know, in front of a truck and you know the mules. But like you said, that's that's just excellent point that you can tell when there's no game in an area because your dogs are yeah. just like, you know, and that was one of my biggest questions when I, when I was starting out, I, you know, I asked everybody I had, I had Fox problems. I mean, I was, I, I, you know, those dogs, they realized I didn't know what I was doing and, you know, it didn't take long besides Fox problems. I had coyote problems and a lot of other things, you know, and, man, I'd ask those guys and I remember Terrell Shelley telling me, you know, I asked him, I said, man, I said, how can you tell, you know, how can you tell when you're one of these old mountains that has rock and you can't find a track and, and, and he said, you got to learn how to read those dogs, you know? And, and the thing that I figured out is that, you know, some dogs are easier to read than others. I mean, some of them you can kind of tell, you know, but some of them, I, you know, I have a hard time reading them. I have a hard time telling. I got a good little story here. This is that nothing to do with mules, but I have a little puppy. Uh, she's maybe six, seven. No, she's almost getting to be, Nine, nine, ten. Well, anyways, I was, you know, it was this weekend or Friday or last week when I was rowing the dogs and the puppy, all the dogs pooped up and went off the road. And uh, I just kept going. I, I hooted at him. I'm like, hey, guys, come on. And, and she didn't. And I hear her start opening. And I, I stop and I listen to the truck. And I mean, she's like, I, I, I told my wife, you know, afterwards, I said, she was squalling. I mean, rawr, 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 coming in. She and, was and going. I, well, no, she's getting chased back out. I looked in my rear view mirror and she has her tail tucked. I mean, Mach 40 coming up behind the truck and she kept looking behind her. You know, she kept looking behind her. And I'm like, I told my wife, I said, you know, I got home. I said, I think she got chased out of the woods by a coyote. I'm not positive. And you know, I looked her over. I didn't see anything. Well, sure enough, she got a little nip in the back, in the butt. And uh, wow. well, I was out this, I was out there this morning and then she's, I come across another coyote. You see all the dog kind of poke her up and just turned her heads. And like I said, you're reading them. I can tell hey, nothing's good there. Yeah. And that, that dog kind of in the grass and, and another dog motion just a little bit next to her. And I mean, she just flat flipped backwards to get on the road. I'm on the phone with Buddy when this is happening. So I'm hearing it like third hand. Oh, that was funny. But I think that that's what a lot of the, I would say novice hunters, like they don't quite understand yet that the vocalization of that dog is the easiest thing to read. And you could have 10 different yes pieces of language and you know just the way that they bark i mean we all know that but then you take and you multiply yeah. that by every head tick you know i've noticed how they they work a track from the start you can tell when they're they know there's an animal there but there's no track and people have a hard time comprehending that i think is it's here they're catching it on the wind they're doing this but it doesn't mean that dog's going to range out far enough to actually find a track and get to a runnable position and i just, i think that that's the hard stuff that you just can't, you can't explain it to some people. It, it's something that you have to have the seat time to see it. And I would imagine like hunting off a mule like mm -hmm. you do, those dogs have probably got an absolute killer handle and you know everything that they're doing and they know every word of that English language because they're, they're just like old farm dogs. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's... Well, they can read emotion so easy. I mean, if you're mad or if you think or, you know, or, you know, and then you're always try to have a couple, you know, somewhat broke dogs with you. And those young dogs will go out there and they'll, they'll ball on something, bark. And you watch those broke dogs, mm -hmm. they can read them too. I mean, they don't pay any attention to them, but they go out there and ball on something. It's a lion track. Then those broke dogs will respond to them and it, they can oh, yeah. tell, you know, they can tell what each other's, you know, what they're doing. 
but uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and I've got some dogs now that probably, they probably fool me on foxes. I, you know, I don't know. I, I told that, I told a friend of mine up there, he said, he said, man, Brad, he said, uh, what would you do? He said, I caught a couple foxes. And I said, you did? And he said, yeah. And I said, the dogs treat them. And he said, yeah. And I said, I think if I could catch them, I'd probably be hunting them tomorrow morning. So, <laughs> but I, we don't, it, it, this, these conditions down here, it's pretty hard to catch a fox. They just, you, and they don't go very far. You know, they said Henry McIntyre, he never would scold his dogs for running a fox. You know, he, he never would get after them. And I don't know. I don't, I don't. That's what me and my buddy have been talking about actually headed your way to go chase some of them because we hear you guys got a lot of them down there. But I would imagine the conditions are so rough. I I would imagine we'd have a little bit of a hard time, you know, unless it's a smoke and hot one, just scent conditions, I think could be really rough. Yeah, if you get up higher in 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 some of the you know some of the higher mountains and then east of here i think is probably a lot better uh and i've I, you know we've jumped them and i've seen them running out in front of the dogs you know and and uh i don't i don't shock them for running a fox anymore i because i've i think i've made mistakes in the past and i just i try to just holler at them i try to show that mm-hmm that mad emotion. Hey, Hey guys, quit that. That's a bunch of crap. You Sometimes know, you gotta you know. be over the top with them. And that's what I've been with guys and oh, tell yeah. them like, when I'm done yelling at a dog, I'll look at them like, dude, I'm not that mad. I just, they got to know that I'm mad. You know, it surely comes down to delivery. Yeah. It's delivery, but I also yeah. use some language too. I won't use on the podcast. <laughs> the houndsman vocabulary. <laughs> My mom wouldn't want to hear it. <laughs> so Jason, I don't, I don't think we've introduced our, our guest. We probably have. We, <laughs> so we, 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 we started off where we didn't want we, we don't want to do a, a formal introduction, but, but we do have Brett Vaughn with us and uh, welcome yeah, to the show. Brett. Thank you. Glad. I, glad. <laughs> this is, I like this where we can see each other. It's pretty good. It is neat. Uh, we got the, the yeah. thing there. Um, and so one of my, uh, one of my favorite videos from you was a couple of years ago. I think it's like trials, tribulations, and oh, what what was that? What did you name that video? Trials, tribulations, and frustrations. <laughs> there you uh, go. Hound, hound, hound dogging trials, tribulations, and frustrations. If you haven't seen that video, you got to go back and watch it. I don't know if you watched that one, Jason, but that is my favorite because it's so <laughs> real that that you're just you're not putting on a show. I mean, you're just opening it up that, that even the great Brett Vaughn can, <laughs> can have a mistake. <laughs> yeah. That's the mistakes. That's, I think that's, that's, that's what I do mostly. I, it's not, you know, I, I love to video. I love to video the hunts. I hunt by myself 95% of the time and trying to figure out a way to promote our sport, you know, and, and put some good stuff out there and, man, I, you go through those videos and you try to come up with something that's a, you know, a good story that people might be interested in. And that's what happened on that video. I got to look going through there and I thought, man, there's more mess ups than there are good things. So I'm just going <laughs> to share all this stuff, you know, <laughs> isn't that how being a houndsman works out though? About 80 to 90% of the time, it's just random organized chaos, <laughs> organized chaos. Boy. And you just, you know, anybody says they got it all figured out. I, I'd just like to spend a, a year with them so I could, so I could learn. I'd probably screw it up for him. <laughs> You'd be a good apprentice right uh, there. Well, yeah, I've done that too. But I had, I got to tell you about hunting with Orville Fletcher. We're, uh, and then I had just started hunting and, and they'd had a, 
a collared lion up there on the, uh, oh, by my camp. I used to live up in the mountains up there. I was off grid and, and really good area, you know, and, and uh, they were doing a lion study down below me and they had a collared lion. They, and they had one of those expensive collars on them cost, I don't know, I think Orville told me they cost four or $5,000. Well, they had lost the, the lion and lost the collar and everything. And, and I think they just assumed that there was a lion hunter up there that caught that lion and, and, and killed it and threw the collar in a mine shaft or something. And so they contacted me and, and asked if, you know, if I wanted to go with them. And I, I, I think they're kind of feeling me out a little bit to see if I had anything to do with it. I said, sure. And Orville and them came down and they were going to ride my mules and, and, uh, Orville lectured me. He had to know Orville. I mean, he was just honoring and he had to lecture me. Don't ever mix your dogs. Don't ever take your dogs out with anybody else's dogs, you know, and, and, uh, yes, sir. You know, no, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, and he had his dogs there and, you know, he's caught, he caught, he's probably caught more lions after the age of 85 than anybody in the world, you know, and he's passed on now. But so I, next morning I show up, we're going to go hunt and I bring the mules. He's going to ride one of my mules. And he, first thing he tells me is, where's your dogs? I said, Mr. Fletcher, I said, you told me not to mix dogs. It's <laughs> not your dog. Oh, okay. Okay. So we take off up through there and he's telling me, you know, we're supposed to, and it's all wilderness, you know, there's no roads. You can't drive anywhere. You're on mules and riding rough country. And he tells me, so, oh, we got to go to Apache Peak, you know, or no, he says, Granite Peak. We, that lion, last signal we had on that line was a Granite Peak. I said, yes, sir. I said, I know a shortcut trail to get up there to Granite Peak. And so we're riding through there, you know, and he looks at me and he said, how far to Apache Peak? I said, Mr. Fletcher, I said, you said Granite Peak. No, I said Apache Peak. I said, well, Apache Peak's way over there. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's six miles across this rough old country. He said, well, let's go. We, uh, we're, we're like, come on here. Come on, let's go. He tells me. So we take off down through there. And I mean, then we're bushwhacking rough, rough country. Those dogs open up down the bottom of this Canyon and it's his dogs. And I sit there and look at him hunting with this 85 year old man, you know, and I look at him and he doesn't acknowledge it. You know, we just keep on going. I thought, well, this old man can't hear very good. So he can't hear those dogs. So I finally, I said, Mr. Fletcher, I said, uh, what do you think those dogs are, are barking at? And he just turned around and looked at me and said, how long have you been doing this? Said, Not very long, you know. Oh, I can see I'm going to have to start at the beginning with you and just kept on walking. Finally, we got up the, up the next mountain like that. And I, said, and I started to get a little angry. And finally, I said, you know, I said, well, Mr. Fletcher, it's just a question. He said, oh, they're probably barking on a three-day-old lion track or maybe smelling it could have been a bobcat they're just smelling on the brush there that was it i mean and he just I, all day long it was that though he just i got tired i was trying to lead the way and i man we were leading our mules you couldn't ride through that rough stuff and we're leading and going up through there and man i thought oh this old man's gonna die on me back here and <laughs> i put my hands on my and i'm about to cough up a lung anyway and uh I stop and I'm resting. He said, what's wrong with you? Are you tired? <laughs> I said, no, sir, but my mule is. <laughs> <laughs> you got a scapegoat there. <laughs> oh, he was honorary, honorary. I offered when we got back to the camp there where I offered him, I had my wife pack me a little cooler. He, uh, off, or I offered him, I had a, a milk in there and then I had uh, some water and a couple beers. And I said, uh, I said, Mr. Fletcher, I said, would you like, 
a water or beer or this milk. You drink beer, he told me. <laughs> I said, well, and this was back when I did. And I said, yes, sir. I said, I'd like to have a beer too every now and then. No wonder you're so fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Some of those are characters. Guys, those old guys are fun. Like I was, oh, yeah. uh, I was bear hunting. I had a dog. I was on a timber permit and uh, I had this little red dog and she was like a really good track dog. And we, so I went at the gate coming through the gate and I hear on the radio, uh, Rod, he, my buddy, he passed away, but he's like, you're not going to believe what just crossed the road. You know, and you hear on the radio and I'm young, like first year young, you know, and I'm like, all oh, right on. So I'm like jamming gears to get up to him and, and it's him and, and Larry. So, and, and if anybody knows Larry, so Larry, so is, he's on <laughs> like the, you know that's what you mentioned me he's just on rain and so i come around the corner and 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 you know he's got they got they were hunting curves and so they had all the curves gone and and you know i'm waiting for the thumbs up thumbs down can i turn my dog loose you know what i mean like it was and he just looks at me and goes well are you gonna turn a dog loose or not and i'm like oh right on so i run act at it turn the dog loose <laughs> and i mean i don't know how many uh the curves were going to the right <laughs> of the road and my little red dog come out straight and went to the left just wham and i thought shit she's running it backwards and he just, he just turns around and he looks at me and, and I think he's going to tell you, you know, let that dog run backwards. And he just goes, are you going to let that dog just run that deer? Or are you just going to do something? <laughs> I'll be damned if I didn't turn this on a bear track with at least 15 cur dogs going to the right. And my dog goes to the left and grabs a deer. I mean, it was just like, that's, but I never forgot that, that old man, he didn't say much, but one of my first words I ever heard from him was, are you just going to let that red dog run the deer? And I'm like, no, sir. See, but that question now. of like that time <laughs> waiting to figure out if you can turn your dogs loose. Like that is the unspoken um, etiquette question of the year, I think, for houndsmen. Because even now, like, yeah, I've been doing this a while. I'm no expert, but I go hunting with guys. And it's like, I don't want to sound like a first year rookie again, but it's like, hey, are you ready for me to cut a dog in or I'll just sit there and keep them in the box and they'll wonder why I'm not cutting them in. But that is a, that's one question that I think a lot of novice hunters need to get familiar yeah. with. Like you're going to have to ask or, or you're going to run out of hunting partners real fast. Yeah. Or, you know, hunting the way we do where we just, you know, we show up and put all the mm -hmm. dogs on the ground and we go out and ride through the country, you know, and it, it always when you mix dogs, I mean, it, it, things just happen. I mean, it, it's a, it can be, frustrating you know because you don't ever know how they're going to compete with each other or or you know if they're going to have a dog that you know runs fox or coyote or a deer and kind of draw your dogs into it because they're all kind of right. competing anyway. yeah it's a whole different dynamic but and then you you invite somebody over you know and 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 they always ask you know and i've taken you know quite a few guys hunting with me and they always ask you want you know can i bring a dog or when yeah and i usually as long as it's not too many, you know, it just, of course we're in the West here and it's kind of a big tradition to put a bunch of dogs on the ground, but <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't get that particular about it really. It's tough. It's like, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, well, it, I, I, I expect my dogs to compensate. You know what I mean? Like I don't want them to, you know, there's some guys that are like, oh, your dogs did this. And I'm like, for me personally, if my dogs can get sucked in on something like that, that's an opportunity for me to correct my situation. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that yeah. I'm perfect, but 
I just look at it as an opportunity, but at the same time, you know, if, if the odds are even and there's eight, you know, there's the more dogs and the more chaos and the more pressure and the more, just say, like you say, or, or for instance, when you said a minute ago about your dog running, you thought he was running it backwards, but he was the, the mm-hmm. man you're hunting with said he was running a deer. If you have said, Oh no, you know, that dog's straight. He ain't running no deer. Yeah. You know, but instead you just, <laughs> and that old timer would have never yeah. said a <laughs> word and just shut up and never talked to buddy again. <laughs> yeah. Never, and you'd never been invited you know, to go with him again. <laughs> probably. And, and uh, so it was just always, it's, it's, it's very interesting sometimes you know who and what and where because i've seen guys that just like you said don't mix dogs don't mix dogs and i i do kind of follow that philosophy a little bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't i i break from that but at the same time i i do it to check my dogs in some respect it's you know the sure. exception sure i i yeah but for, for the most part i i hunt by myself and i i prefer that because it's it's I don't want to say easier, but it is easier. I mean, it definitely is easier for, for my dogs to know and take the pressure. When you put a new dog in there, they don't trust that dog. You know what I mean? Like, Well, you got one no, set of problems exactly. when it's your um, dogs, you know, and then when you bring something else yeah, yeah. in, I mean, good, bad, and different. Like if we want to recruit new hunters, we got to take somebody under our wing at some point. But yeah, it just amplifies issues. <laughs> it ch- and it changes the whole I think it changes all the way the dogs, like what you say, the, the whole dynamic of the, of the pack. I mean, how the, how it, I had a guy that came out and hunted with me, kind of got, you know, him and I kind of had words and uh, it was because we were riding out through there and the dogs were just so intense. I mean, they were just, they weren't trashing or anything, but they were intense. And all I said was, I said, man, I feel like we could have a heck of a trash race any minute now. <laughs> and he got upset and he said, well, I'll just load up and leave. I can't afford for my dogs to be running trash and this and that. And I said, I, you know, I, I said, my dogs are fairly broke. You know, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's just something I said mm-hmm. because the intensity, I kind of got a little angry back, you know, and, and I'll be dang if we didn't ride like another two miles and his dog started to deer <laughs> and, and took off. And my dogs, you know, they knew they ran right back to me and looked at me like, it's not me, boss. And I thought I looked at him. I just looked at him. I didn't say nothing. I just kicked my mule and just kept That's the riding. best you could have done right there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was, and I'm sure his dogs were broke too, but the intensity, they were just, you could just feel it. They, they, were just gonna run. they are broke. They were, they were they'll all screw them. Competition, you know, the competing or, you know, something, you know, but like, like you said, you've been around dogs enough to know that, and I do the same thing. I'm like, you guys need to settle down. You know I mean? I'll get mad, yeah. you know, because I can just feel that intensity. I'm like, and I'm, I'll look at them and say, this isn't good. This is, yeah, you know, th- this is not good. I don't like the energy that's out here. You know what I mean? Like I, I like to, <laughs> when they come out, I want everything calm and just, you know, yeah. methodical. And like you said, you feel that intensity and you just, you're just like, yeah, this isn't, this What's doesn't that feel that good. Don calls them yeah. when we were doing Don Gilbert's uh, sucker dogs. Sucker dog. Yeah. It's like you got a whole pack full sucker of sucker dogs. dogs when they get that jacked up. You know, that's what we usually throw them yeah, in the road yeah. and run them up the steepest mountain we can find just to burn the edge off of them. And that's what I always said about, you know, about somebody asked one time, how come one of these dry ground lion hounds is, is so expensive? And, and I always say it's not just dry ground. It's, it's a style of hunting. You know, it's a style of putting your dogs on the ground and, and, and riding through the country and expecting them to, you know, to strike and trail and tree. And, and that dog that they're asking, you know, $10,000 for, you know, 
if you're riding through the country for, you know, seven, eight, 10 days, 12 days, and not, you know, you're bumping javelina, deer, coyote, fox, everything, that dog ain't going to bark on nothing until he gets on that lion track. I mean, that's an expensive dog in my book. I mean, and there's not a whole lot of them around. It takes a lot of time. Lots of time. Not catching to get the opportunity to, to catch. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Well, what, um, so let's, what kind of traits do you look for in a dog to, to, for your style of hunting? Cause you know, so, so let's talk a little bit about your dogs a little bit. Like what traits uh, do you? I like a good cold trailing dog. I mean, I like a dog has a good cold nose and, and, and is willing to, to, to trail old tracks. And, uh, and I know, you know, Warner Glenn, matter of fact, on that video or on that interview, Bruce Kennedy did, he said that they used to have, he said, we had some of those old, cold nose dogs he said we did a lot of trailing he said we didn't do very much catching but and i think that's i i I really think that i mess with a lot of older tracks that you know that lion might be in in down in mexico somewhere by the time i get on him you know and i know i've had some cameras where i've trailed 36 hour old tracks you know and and you don't know where that lion is but as long as i'm trailing and 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 i know it's a lion uh and i'm going the right direction then i'm I'm pretty happy, you know, and I always have this, uh, a long time ago, I talked to somebody they, and, and this, this is no criticism of the new hunters or the, the guys who hunt lions nowadays. And, but I had an old guy said, tell me, he said, you know, the difference between the lion hunters nowadays and, and back when we were doing it, he said, if we stayed out on the track, we, we, when we hit a lion track, we stayed on it, you know, it might take us a few days, but we stayed on that line until we got him caught. And nowadays, you know, I think time constraints and what the way everybody hunts, you know, we just don't have the time that, that we used to, you know, or those guys used to. And, and uh, they're always, you know, mostly putting on fresh, you know, hotter tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I, I think there's some, I was talking to my buddy James, he, he was on the podcast, uh, Two two months ago, but we were we were just chatting on the way. We were, we we had to drive to Montana, so we were just BSing and and just talking about dogs and and we were working on some of that cougar study. And I just told him, I said, you know, we have to be really careful about taking a dog out of a box and putting it on a hot track because I can I can feel the change in my dogs when I pull them out because they're like ready to go for a track, and it's like I don't want you know that's that's not my idea having a really well-rounded dog is to, to pull it out of a box straight to a track every time is, is mm-hmm. I, I want them to, to go miles without finding a track and then find that little, you know, just a little piece of a track and then work that piece to a, a trail and work that trail to a jump and then work that jump to a, to, to the tree, you know, but um, it's easy, you know, cause I, I, I just told him, I said, man, when you're working on that study and it's fun, it's, there's work, but, it is not the same as hunting. You know what I mean? Because you, yeah, you're going straight from zero to sixty. You know, you got a jump track, and it's like, man, it's it's just so different. Yes, and that you know, in getting to that jump is something that you know I've had a hard time with here in this desert. I mean, it's 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 tough. You know, just we trail and trail and trail. And I went with an outfitter. I had I caught a big tom here earlier this year, and. uh I didn't, I, I, I thought I could get my grandson on him. I thought I could take my grandson up there and let him let, I, because it off a kill. We tra- I trailed him all day long the day before. And then I camped out 
and I cut through the country and, and cut his track again, trailed him to where he had killed a big old elk. And then we ran him off that elk and caught him. And we caught him in a bad spot off on a bluff, you know, it's probably a hundred foot or more drop off right behind him. And uh, so I just called the dogs off and, and, and left him there. And I thought, you know, I haven't even disturbed him that much. He's going to come back to that kill. And uh, so I thought I'll bring my grandson out here and, and we'll get him, get, get him on him. And, and uh, he didn't come back to that kill looking back on it. Now I think there was another lion in there and, and we trailed that line around a little bit, but then I, my grandson couldn't come back. I thought, well, we'll come back next day. He couldn't come back. So I called an outfitter and had him come out. Cause he had some, some hunters from, uh, from New York. And, uh, this was a nice Tom. I mean, nice, big, big Tom. And, uh, we went out there and that we didn't start nothing off that kill. The coyotes had already got on it. And I went with him. We rode up and busted some saddles and, uh, man, his dog started trailing and they were poking on that track, just poking on that track. And, uh, they trailed off over and down into a Canyon and we were sitting there down in the Arroyo watching them. And they were just poking, 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 just real, real slow. And here I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know, we're on an old track. This is, this is not, you know, I, ex I expected it to be moving faster, but he said, Oh no, that's good. It's good. You know? And then all of a sudden, bah, wah, 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 there was a lion right in front of those dogs. I mean, that lion was just hiding and they, and they trailed him like he was a three day old track up into those rocks. And then when he jumped, he was, he didn't take off. He was just right there. Really? So I was kind of, and I, and I look back on what I've done in the past and I wonder how many times was I closer to that lion than I realized. And I thought we were two days behind him, you know? Uh, so you, you never know as long as they're trailing and it's a lion, you've always got a chance, I guess. And you never know when it's going to change. And I'm sure like in areas down by you, Brett, where there's not a lot of game. I mean, your successful trip is to trail a lion. Am I wrong? Oh yeah. That's if I can find that track and those dogs are trailing it, you know, and, and man, I, I can sit up there and watch it and, and, and see where the lion went and watch the dogs or, you know, and I hunt a lot of young dogs and I really shouldn't. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't increase your success any, but I love to watch a young dog just start you know, recognize that scent and start, start opening it on a track and, and whipping that tail and starting to help a little bit, man, that, to me, that that's worth everything. You know, that's what, what it's all about for me. It is interesting. Yes. Um, so we're rolling on to about 50 minutes and we want to keep this. I, I think what we're going to do is a part one, part two with you, Brett. Um, Cause okay. we got, well, we got yeah. more to go. So for this segment, we're going to wrap up our, our part one. And I, I think it was good. I think we think, got one Jason? more thing because we always stick to a train wreck. <laughs> we need to hear a legit train wreck from the mule master. Like pick your favorite one, Brett. I'm sure you got a handful of them. Oh man. I got some, man. I even got some on video that I haven't shared with anybody. We need to see those by the way, just send them <laughs> on over. Some of them are kind of embarrassing. Uh, I told this story about chasing a possum for a thousand yards, Brett. Like, trust me, I bridged that gap. We can say whatever we want now and not feel bad. Oh, man. I tell you what, I went up there to a kill one time up on top of the mountain. I'd found the kill the night before and uh, was all covered up. And, and uh, I went back early the next morning. It's probably, you know, probably five mile ride or further to get up there on top. Man, I and this has been years ago. This is back when I lived up on the mountain and I was going to catch that lion. I just knew I was. And 
I got up there and man, the, and I don't know what was the excitement, what was going on. And I got it on video and it's, it's real embarrassing, but, uh, man, those dogs hit that track and whoom, here they go. They're going off and man, I'm trying to keep up with them on my mule and I'm having to spank him a little bit to go. And then pretty soon there's dog or dogs are running around in circles and the mules bucking with me. I mean, up and down and bucking. I'm cussing and hitting him across the shoulder with my reins, trying to get him to stop bucking. And finally, I, I, I think I, I, I got him to stop or I fell off. I could have. <laughs> and, and I'm videoing. Matter of fact, I was videoing with that camera you gave me that, that, uh, that verb. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to video and the dog and I got down there and the dogs are all running around and I say, I never caught a Fox. Well, they had that Fox running around circles there, but that Fox had come to that kill and that's what we'd run. I mean, we ran him a long ways too. <laughs> so, I mean, the things like that's happened. The mule wasn't expecting the Fox, huh? No, but he, I, I don't know why that mule started bucking. I, it was an <laughs> excuse to buck. It just, uh, I think it was just because I got excited and I was spanking him trying to keep up with the dogs because I thought we'd jump that line right off that kill, you know, oh, yeah. and, I, and I thought, here we go. Cause, <laughs> uh, but things like, you know, catching Coda Mondays, I've treated some Coda Mondays and I told somebody one time, you know, you, you think that a, you walk up to a tree and that tail's hanging down on a coat of money. It looks like a young lion. I was petting up dogs and everything. I thought we caught a young lion. And I finally looked up there real close and I, that ain't no lion. They're all tree and they're all proud of their cell. And you just reinforce it, just petting them like I a good dog. Petting them up. That's an interesting that? animal that I really didn't even know about until I was talking to some friends down in Arizona. Like, you want to fill us in a little bit so the listeners know exactly what a coup de Monday is? Because they don't even look like they should be it's here. It's like a... No, it's like a cross between a monkey and a raccoon, really. It's got a big old long ring tail and and a little bitty head. It's got big old nasty claws. Well, they're different than a ring-tailed cat because I know uh, like some people know what those are, but much yes. different, more aggressive. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're big, you know, or I say big. I don't, you know, I don't know. A ring-tailed cat probably only weighs, you know, maybe six, seven pounds. They're little. But, a big one, yeah. Yeah, but a, a, a Cuda Monday, you know, I think they'll, you know, they'll weigh 15, 20 pounds maybe, I guess. I don't I don't know. They're big. They, they can be hard on a dog, you know, because they'll, uh, I, I've never had it happen, but they say that they'll lay on their back. If a dog catches them on the ground, they lay on their back and they can use their claws to cut their throat. And hmm. uh, I've treed, I've treed three. I've caught three. And uh, I don't know. It just, they say everybody I've talked to said, "Yeah, I said, you know, they lion hounds will tr- will run a, a coat of Monday, you know." And then I've caught several ringtail mm-hmm. cats too. It's still the wild west down there. Yeah, you don't oh, know what's yeah, gonna show things, up. Things that happen, <laughs> you know. You just <laughs> you you're at their mercy. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We hope that you enjoyed the first part of our visit with Brett Vaughn, but we'd really like you to hear the rest of his story. So make sure to check back in with us. We're going to be launching part two of this interview with Brett. And in the meantime, make sure to go check him out on his YouTube channel, Born 100 Years Too Late. And we all hope to see you here next time.